This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can watch all your favorite 323 friends and shows on the 323 Network YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms at 323read. And support us as we continue to grow at patreon.com slash 323read. That's 323-R-E-I-D. Welcome, folks, to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, and this is another Ricks vs. Grix Friday, a special one. A special one, because it's officially fall, everybody. Everybody get your cardigans, your flannel, your, uh, well, we'll get into the pumpkin spice. You might even see it in the background of us a little bit. But it's oh, fall. No. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, it is Ricks versus Gricks Friday. Thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you for listening wherever you're listening or watching on the 323 Network YouTube channel. If you're not there, subscribe to it. We are joined today, as always, by the host of the 323 College Shame Day, fastest-growing college football show on the Internet. Get on it. Get on all of his advice Follow the social media handle he's got there. It's Scott Elia. Hi, Scott. Hello. How are you? I'm delicious. I'm fall ready. <laughs> I feel like if there's an HR department, I need to go write them an email really You, you are the HR department. Oh, I bet this is going downhill very fast. We also have the host of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. That might be a record for the fastest time he's got his hand in his face or his face in his hands. Either way, it's Zahair Ali. Hello, Zoo. I almost drove off the road the first time I heard you say delicious when I was just listening to the show, so I was still not ready for that, and I don't think I ever will be. I mean, it feels better to say delicious than just like good. I'm good. Everything. There's nothing out of there. You say delicious, and all you got a conversation starter or, you know. Ender. A workplace. Yeah, a workplace <laughs> that's, ender. That's exactly where the boundary starts. <laughs> but I'm comfortable here. I can do that here. And we're doing it. I'm doing it right in front of a new friend, a new friend of the show. We're happy to have him on here. He is the he is one of the hosts. Are you one of the hosts? How many posts do you have? On We've got pages? two, myself and Haley. That's right. Oh, I love Haley. The Source Pages podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, Twitter.com, source pages, cast, or X. I'm sorry. We No, it's you, Twitter. We don't go do X. It's you, Twitter. It's all Twitter. <laughs> we're still we're still I think if we take a vote right now, I think everybody would say it's still Twitter. But either way, it's our good friend here, another Chicago Bears fan, a fan of misery. Brian V. Klein is here. Oh. How's it going, guys? Great to be here. It is going good. It's good to have you here. You're gonna you're you're in for a hell of a time, BBK. It's gonna. Oh be- man, <laughs> let's start this rodeo. Well, look, it's a it's a special kind of radio because, like I said, it's the start of fall, and we're noticing trends and everything. It's been the first topic that we're gonna get into in a few minutes is one that rocked all of our nations last Sunday, and that is Taylor Swift mania. It was the Taylor Swift game in the NFL. Rocks. All the social media, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everything is either going to be Taylor Swift, it's going to be the Kevin James meme, 
It's going to be fall, pumpkin spice, and everything. So this is our first annual pumpkin spice edition of the 323. And to celebrate (laughs) this pumpkin spice edition of the show, we are going to launch into top five list. That's something everybody can get behind. It's a staple of this show. And we're going to do it in a very TikTok way. I have assigned top five lists to Scott Elia and to Zahair Ali. BVK is going to rank them and I guess judge us as we go everything and give us any thoughts that he might have because we have top fives that hit everybody's well not everybody's but it'll hit some amount of people to bring in the algorithm and generate an incredible amount of views because we've seen a great amount of viewership go to the 323 college shame day on youtube again go to the 323 network on youtube for that and people love college football so of course we have scott Elliott's top five college football teams currently going plus pumpkin spice we just said it it's the pumpkin spice show so zahir ali the perfect person to bring you the top five pumpkin spice things and as we're following taylor swift mania i will give you the top five taylor swift songs and something that we've never done on the 323 is we're going to give you these top five lists all at the same time it's going to be a mess it's going to be fast-paced it's going to be everything that you need for TikTok. So, let's get it going. Let's go with that crazy top five intro. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right. A trio of top fives are here. Scott, Zoo, how are you feeling about these? Are you confident? Zoo, I feel like you're very confident. Confident in my number one, which is the only one that I contributed to this list. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, do you feel? Do you think that your top five college football teams will beat Zoo's top five pumpkin spice things? I think it, it would go against my culture to vote against pumpkin spice. So I think I got to go with pumpkin spice. <laughs> For the culture. So, For the culture. <laughs> we are going to rattle these things off. We'll all go five. We'll all go four. You know how it goes. Not too much explanation because, again, this is for the TikTok youths. So we are going to the youths with quick. They need quick. They need something that keeps their attention for a short amount of time until they go to watch uh, that dude from the Howard Stern show just staring at the camera saying, I ain't doing nothing. So (laughs) I no, actually, I won't launch because it's Taylor Swift. You got to save the best for last. She's Taylor Swift. So we're going to start with Scott and his his expertise here. Oh, and let me let me get us really safe. There's a Taylor right in the corner there. So <laughs> that way she's watching. She's watching Scott and she's giving you approval. She's it's at me. <laughs> Guys, so Scott. <laughs> You are going to start us with your top five, with or with your number five college football team. Then, Zoo, you'll do your number five pumpkin spice. I'll get into my number five uh, Taylor Swift song. So, Scott. There's a song I expect to hear on that list. If it's not there, I'll be very disappointed. We'll see. So, Scott, if you're ready, go ahead. Uh, number five, I have the Penn State Nittany Lions. Hey. Zoo, your number five pumpkin spice thing. Number five is the one thing that should not be edible. 
as soon as this hits your senses, you just know it's fall time. So we're going with pumpkin spice candles. Oh. Approved. Number five for me, the song Lover. From the album Lover. Scott, you're number four. Uh, the Ohio State. Zoo. Working from home. Need some hot coffee to go with that nice cool breeze coming in. Creamer. Pumpkin spice creamer. Pumpkin spice creamer. We'll get you creamer. Number four for me. A beautiful duet. Haunting almost. Exile featuring Bon Iver. Which I used to very, uh, very disrespectfully call Bon Iver. Wait, Scott. it's not Bon Iver? No, it's I think it's Bon Iver. It it's Bon Iver, yeah. There we huh. go. Well, that's that's why we got BBK. That's what gets us canceled. It's it, yeah. <laughs> if you say it too quick, they'll Boney Bear. It's like, uh, is that a rapper? That's what the BV stands for. <laughs> yeah, Boney Bear. <laughs> Scott, number three. Uh, number three, I have the Texas Longhorns. Hey. hey. Zoo. We know you're going for brunch no matter what. Get some pumpkin spice waffles. Number three for me. One of her newer ones, Lavender Haze. Good good name for a candle, too. Scott, number two. Florida State Seminoles. Homer, but appreciate it. Zoo. Even though people can't agree that lemon is the best flavor, everybody loves these cookies. They all have their favorite flavor of these cookies. We're going with pumpkin spice Oreos. We got to get a top five Oreos again. <laughs> Number two for me, the weirdest trio in maybe music collaborative history. Endgame featuring Future and Ed Sheeran. Scott, the number one college football team. The Washington Huskies. Zoo, the number one pumpkin spice thing. The only one that you contributed to your own list. The only one that I contributed because I'm on the road all the time and it's just really easy to get. Pumpkin spice cold brew from Starbucks. Number one for me, a classic love story. That's the first one you mentioned that I actually know. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. You know them when you hear them. That's the weird thing that I figured out while I was going through it. And all of these, obviously Taylor's versions. What's the best song? Thug Story with T-Pain. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> First it. time she rapped. <laughs> oh, jeez. She didn't even make our top yeah, five rappers when we did this show. In my extra small white tee. <laughs> I was never a fan of hers at all, but a couple years ago, she was on the Grammys with, um, uh, what's his face from Bleachers, Jack. The guy that writes a lot of her stuff, and she did that cardigan and stuff from that album. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I listened to it, and I'm like, this is a great like indie album. And I'm like, I listened to that. So that's the cardigan song and love story and shake it off. Like the, the ones that have all like the TikTok things. And that's about it. So, yeah, I'm an older white guy. So I, don't I just realized only half five of her songs <laughs> saved on my phone. <laughs> Look, Swifties, appreciate these four men. We're on your side. We're with you. Look, she's giving Scott thumbs up. Yeah. Kevin James, you approve? All right. Good shit. <laughs> Look, the I think I'm going to keep Kevin James there just behind me the entire you time. Better. Yeah, might as well. I might as well. 
the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey phenomenon has been nothing short of insane. Like I said, it rocked all of our Sundays. It was a it's a game that nobody should have really given a shit about of Chiefs Bears. Sorry, BBK, but it's Oh no, that's true. <laughs> it's 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 it brought so many more eyes that Bears fans didn't want to that game. And it's I have to ask you guys a very simple question. Is it legit? Because you look at the business side of it. Travis Kelsey gained what is what is this 300,000 social media followers following that game and his jersey and merch sales exploded in sales by 400%, launched him into the top 5 NFL jerseys. His podcast with his brother Jason has skyrocketed ahead of not just all sports pods but the true crime podcast. They're ahead of true crime podcasts on there. That's insane. TikTok has become obsessed with both of them. And, you know, Jason Kelsey has the big documentary on Prime. It's pretty good. I, I do, even if as I hate the Eagles, go watch it. It's pretty good. But this has unleashed my football hell, where it's turned the casual nation into Eagles fans rooting for them to win the Super Bowl this year for Jason. And I'm telling them he's already got one. Shut the fuck up, TikTok. <laughs> we just catered to you, but shut up. Don't give him another Super Bowl. Go for Travis. I don't give a shit. But not Jason. He's a cool guy, but he's got one. Let him retire and go be whatever, wear that stupid ass dog mask. So, rant over. Scott, <laughs> I'll hit you with this. And I want, your, I want all of your opinions on this. Do you think that this relationship is legitimate? Listen. Be careful. She's over your shoulder. I couldn't care less about this situation. If anything, it's just further proving how reliable and consistent Travis Kelsey is because he catches sixes on the field, and now he's catching sixes off the field because... Whoa! 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 I often joke that we're going to get canceled. That's going to get us canceled. Bring the Swifties. Bring them. Oh my God! I don't know whether to aggregate that one or not. I'm actually oh scared. <laughs> Zoo, save us! <laughs> what <do> you... <laughs> compliment her? Do your top five. <laughs> I mean, she is a babe. Um, yeah. Thug story is incredible. I didn't really think of it as actually being a thing, but now I can actually picture Roger Goodell like calling her, and be like, "Hey, we're trying to get international looks on the NFL." If we just need you next to Kelsey, just need you at one game, and that's what's going to make it happen. Uh, aside from that, I mean, I I just I don't care. It's been entertaining. Social media has been very entertaining this week with those two. Uh, anything to make fun memes off of is always a good time. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the the Kelsey influenced album that comes out next. That's going to be interesting. I wonder what the name of that'll be. There's got to be a song on there called like Tutties or something. <laughs> BBK as the Scoring 50 the 50 year old I'll, white man <laughs> the 50 year old I'll, white I'll man I'll answer of the group. this question your question with the question is any of her relationship legitimate I mean it just seems like it's I don't know it's what it, it didn't surprise me but it was just like oh I can't wait for the song to come out about whatever happens in this relationship but you know it is what it is. I mean, I guess the NFL dropped the ball by just announcing Usher being the halftime show for Super Bowl. They could have just had her do it. 
Yeah, if they really want them to, see, I don't think she's done it, has she? No, she she hasn't Apparently done she it. Turns it down. Yeah, they no. made they made a big effort for it. She's got a show in Japan the night before, and people were arguing that maybe they should just move the Super Bowl to Japan, and just uh, yeah, go with that. It did it did completely swamp that Usher news. How do we feel about Usher as the mu- as the music for the Super Bowl halftime? It kind of came I've out al- of left field. I've always thought that they should just get someone to go out there. You know. I didn't mind. I don't even remember who. Like, I just remembered uh, the weekend did it a couple years ago, and I'm like, I, I know like four or five of these songs, but I don't even remember who the guy was last year or who it was. But get some big name like across the board person. Usher's yeah, he's got he's been around for thirty years doing this, and he's got a ton of hits. But there's still a lot of people that watch the football game are gonna be like, who's this? You know, go out. And, I mean, I might be a big bias, but go out and get like, you know. Foo Fighters or something out there that's gonna you know bring the show down. But usually by that time it's just like you know <laughs> halftime show is like when you're going and doing all the other stuff you got to do when you're not watching the game or you're you know sitting through the commercial. So at halftime it's like shit. I got a half hour to go grab some more food and beer and go take a dump because you don't want to take the time off during their regular game. So uh, I can't take a dump when Usher and when he brings out Little John and Luda. What am I gonna do when I see old ass Little John looking the exact same as he did twenty years ago? Oh, it was Rihanna out last year. How did I forget? Oh, hey, who was <laughs> it? Oh, yeah, pregnant Rihanna. That's right. Okay, that's who it was. Well, look, we'll go from that major story of the week to the other one that wasn't originally planned, but now it's in here because it's it was a massive, massive. Just seismic woge bomb that dropped yesterday, right in the middle of an NFL week. Right in the middle of an NFL week. And I feel, I kind of feel bad for baseball because baseball, MLB, they're about to go into the playoffs. It's a big week as a lot of teams are determining where they are. Miami Marlins are having a big week. What happens? The Miami Dolphins score 70 points. Who gives a shit about the Marlins? And then, okay, maybe we might care about the Marlins. Oh, Miami Heat aren't getting their guy because. Portland Trailblazers superstar Damian Lillard, who was long rumored to be going to the Miami Heat, it was just a matter of when, not if, with his trade demands and explicitly saying that he wants to go to Miami, did not get traded to Miami. Instead, he was traded yesterday in a seismic trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. He will pair up with Giannis Antetokounmpo over there in Milwaukee. It was a three-team trade that went between Portland, Milwaukee, and Phoenix, and his just pieces moving all over the place. But the biggest part of it, no matter who went where, what, who's going to play for who, where the money goes, draft picks, nobody gives a shit. It's all about laughing at the people of Miami and Heat fans and how confident and arrogant Heat fans were, complaining that they never get the big stars when they had literally the biggest trio of stars just about 10 years ago. They have Jimmy Butler shit there now. So, Scott, I'm going to ask you, and it's a shame that Luis isn't here because he he would probably be very you know partial to this as a Jets fan, but he's not here, so you can be very honest. Which fan base has had the funnier pain this last month, Heat fans or Jets fans? You know, when you pose this question to us, when we were getting all the prep done, I, I, I made the, the, the comment of, do I have to pick and can I pick both? And you are all for me picking both. But the more I thought, thought about it, I had to think about who's done me the most dirty in my lifetime. 
Has it been Miami fans? No, they've been relatively calm. But New York fans, they're just, aside from Luis, have just been unbearable my whole life. So you know what? Fuck them. I don't care. I want more shit to happen. I want Garrett Wilson's ACL to tear. I want everything Jesus. bad to happen. I don't want them having anything. Jeez. Oh Scott is batting a fucking thousand tonight. <laughs> he called Taylor Swift a six. And Garrett Wilson needs his ACL tear. By the way, you did not get your ACL tear out of Jamar Chase. I know. Good thing night. I didn't take that bet. Even though TikTok was rooting for you, weirdly. That was a strange thing. <laughs> BVK, you're a Bears fan. Does it make you, because as a Commanders fan in the special kind of hell that we've gone through over the last you know 20 plus years with Snyder, you are a Bears fan. It's a pretty bad time. And it's rough. It's always rough. But particularly now, does it make you feel good? Being totally honest, take that honesty from Scott up there. Does it make you feel good when you see other fan bases just be torn apart? The pompous ones, yeah. The yeah. Cowboys fans, the you know, yeah, the Jets fans and stuff like that. Steelers fans. It's but the only thing is that some of those, like at Steelers, more than anything, they've had, and even like you said, the Heat, they've won championships recently. So it's not like the Jets, they got, you know, Brett Favre. I mean, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's the same thing. I'm just waiting for him to go. <laughs> no, you got it right. He's going to go to, you know, Rodgers is going to be the Vikings quarterback next year. So, um, because he's just following in Favre's footsteps. But especially now, look what freaking Rodgers is, you know, calling the, the coaches and shit out while he's sitting there, you know, recovery from his Achilles thing. It's like, man, they're, they, they thought that as soon as they got Rogers and Lazar. Okay. So first off last year, he was bitching about how his wide receiver sucked in green Bay, but yet all those guys came over to the jets with them, which they already had some studs over there and they, they, they get stockpiled up there. And then he, you know, <laughs> I had to laugh just from being a bears fan. Rogers, you know, he owns the bears him. That injury just was just like, it's it, 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 that it made me <laughs> laugh and stuff because I just remembered, you know, it, it, they're still, I think, recovering from the butt fumble, which was what that's 10 years old now, from the, longer than that, from Sanchez. The Jets fan base is just they're cursed, you know, seriously. When was their last Super Bowl? Was Namath, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that was the last time they were there. So I shouldn't say much though, because Bears fans. When the Cubs won in 2016, there were some people that were like, man, we had the Cubs won and the Hawks had three and the White Sox won. And the I'm like, don't count the Bears. That was 30 years ago. There's a lot of people now that are, you know, old drinking that have no idea that the Bears, you know, outside of the fact that they had the biggest, you know, that when they made the Super Bowl shuffle, you look at it now. If someone did that now, people would be like, oh, shit, that's the biggest like we're going to win this thing. But they suck. I mean, I hate to say it. They're, they, I think they're just, the Bears are just sitting there. I mean, I'll save most of it for later, but they're, yeah, the Jets fan base. They're, I don't even want to get into my whole thoughts about players demanding trades and stuff like that. You guys ever talk about or know like the, the deal that's when, I think it was after the 92 season, Scotty Pippen signed a seven year, like $22 million deal mm -hmm. for $3 million. This is Scotty Pippen, 92. He had just won a championship. The owner, Reinsdorf, said, don't sign this. And he's like, I want the guaranteed money. He never bitched about the. He never bitched about renegotiating. He never bitched about wanting to be traded somewhere. But nowadays, I don't know. I, I think it's a whole different phenomenon and a whole different game where it's just like you don't want in, in across all the sports. I don't you don't want to follow through. And now, yeah, 
especially in football and basketball, you sign that rookie deal, you get so much, but how many times do you get past that and be like, um, who was it? Remember Melvin Gordon a couple of years ago sat out and then he wanted this big deal. He hasn't done shit since then, you know? So yeah, that's my thought about the. I mean, I like Damon Lillard as a guy, but if they haven't done shit and I mean, the guys, the guy wants a ring. And now I think this is a good chance for him to do that in Milwaukee. They've got a solid team putting him not being, having to be the big guy. And they've got some great role players. Plus, to get rid of that freaking jackass Grayson, whatever his name is, the guy from Grayson Duke. Allen. Grayson <laughs> Allen. I mean, I'm a Duke guy, but that guy is a piece of shit. I'm sorry. So, not to be a little blunt here, but I'm just, you know, last year, especially when he was taking guys out, and then they're like, you know, the Bucks are sitting there, like the coaching staff in their PR departments, like playing it up, like, dude, the guy's a headhunter. Just. Anyways, sorry to take up so much time, but that's what my thoughts on that. No, you're <laughs> fine. This is not speciality. Yeah, no, you're fine because and what you said about player empowerment is really true because Zoo, you you went in really well on uh the player empowerment topic last time I think we talked about Damian Lillard. And it's a weird sight because you had a case where Portland kind of said they took a stand against the player empowerment thing where Damian Lillard is and his team are basically leaking that, you know, he's only going to go to Miami. He will only play for Miami. No matter what you do, they keep tanking any trade leverage that they could have with other teams for months. And Portland takes a stand almost out of spite, seemingly refuses to trade him to Miami. The latest report was that they weren't even in communication. They couldn't, the Miami, Heat couldn't get their calls returned. So Portland takes a stand and they send him to Milwaukee, which is almost on Milwaukee's case, feeding player empowerment a little bit because Giannis Antetokounmpo just very, and usually this is not the case from him, but kind of publicly threatened the team that they need to go out and get him help or he might not be able to see himself being there in two years, which then gave, of course, Miami Heat fans uh, some type of hope that they would land Giannis in a couple of years. That's all been squashed at the same time. That's wonderful. But Zoo, when you see this, this case with player empowerment, you've you've gone on it before. Do you think that this was good for the NBA for the Trailblazers to kind of take a stand there? Or do you want to see them even go as far as the NFL where you can't really do this in the NFL? BBK just said it. The, the situation with Melvin Gordon, it kind of tanked his career. It tanked Le'Veon Bell's career. Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell to this day regrets uh, holding out with Pittsburgh. He still thinks he should have stayed there. Do you think that the NBA needs to keep taking these steps towards lowering how much drama these players like to make, like James Harden right now in Philly? Yeah, because at the end of the day, these are all team sports, right? Like, I get that you're trying to have, like, generational wealth and stuff, but at the same time, like, the whole purpose of these leagues is for entertainment. It's for sports. It's a whole product. So when you talk about like how it's about the game and the team effort, and then you do bullshit like this, that sets your team back and sets back the progression and sets back. Like, is it really content and entertainment or is it just annoying when, you know, players go out and do stuff like this? So all of these contracts, I feel like really need to be incentive heavy because sure you can have, like the base that you make, but everything else you should really have to earn because for someone to just be like, cool, I got my bag, you know, screw the rest of this. I'm just going to show up because I have to just, it's not fair. It's not good team dynamics. It's not, it's not influential. Like 
the kids who are watching this and want to grow up, like what's, what's the incentive? Like, what are they learning out of this? Right. Uh, so from a, a team perspective and an ethics and a morale perspective, it's like earn the money that you're trying to make, be a team player, have the energy that you need and the chemistry that you need to have a winning culture, but to only be focused on yourself and your paycheck and not want to earn any of it is just ridiculous. I want to step in for a second here and just say it. I know that, it, it it happens with everything across the board in the entertainment thing. The more that the thing, the more money the thing generates, the more revenue, the more that the people that are responsible for putting that out there, actors, athletes get. But with the basketball and their um, their big television contract, sometimes you see these deals that these guys that are averaging twelve minutes a game, putting up seven points, four rebounds, and they're making eighteen million a season. That in my mind does not make sense. 18 million a season 10 years ago was a guy that was a, you know, a four or five time all-star or like second team it's. And then these max contracts, which I don't understand a lot of that stuff, but it's uh, just like these guys, the max con, this guy's making $60 million a season. Bill. And it's like, but that's the thing is though, it's the money that the team is getting. They were just showing the other day, how many, you know, that the 10th richest person that owns the basketball team is worth like $11 billion. So, it's just money makes money, but yes, they have to give it back to the players if they're getting it. But it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's insane. Basketball is one of those sports where the least amount of people can play it because you only got what 12 guys in a roster, 15. If you got like the extra guys, that's not very many. So you've got to be good, but it's still just like blows my mind. Well, it blows my mind every time we hit free agency period and you have like some dude named like Elmer Vestavez, who all of a sudden is getting like a max contract. I was like, who the yeah. fuck is that? I've never seen him before. That's why sometimes these guys take a look at it. It's like, who's going to be, if you're going to be like the number two guy out there and the number one is like nobody, but it's like, one of the, it's against like other, other those years, like when LeBron and KG and 15 different guys that are all-stars go free agent, you ain't going to get nothing. But if you're the number two guy, people are out there, they just want to spend the money to get someone. So you could be a role player and you get thrust into like to be in the sixth man. And now you got 18, $20 million. And then two years later they go, well, this didn't work out. Well, you spent the money on just to spend the money. And some guys don't, you know, look what happens, especially in football. You get a wide receiver that plays great with Tom Brady or whatever. And they go to another team and it's like, that's, it wasn't them that was making them great. It was, you know, the, the situation they're in or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, Everything out there is just, there's so much money to go around, but it's like, uh, yeah, those contracts are ridiculous. I'm glad you brought that up with Tom Brady because the Patriots, there's no team that's been better. And Scott knows this as a former Patriots fan. There is no team that better produces players who get overpaid like mm -hmm. crazy and then never do shit again because they no. just fit hey, that hey, system. Hey, easy. Hey, what do you mean easy? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say about them? Go ahead and shit on. <laughs> call Belichick a four. <laughs> well, that's true. They get guys like Danny hey, Amendola. Danny Amendola comes over to the Patriots and becomes a stud. And he was a good player, but he wasn't like a holy shit. You know, I want to have him active every week on my fantasy roster type player. Well, J.C. Jackson was the corner who was shut down. He was a shut down corner in New England. Incredible for years. I think he made a Pro Bowl, maybe two Pro Bowls. Gets to the L.A. Chargers. He's a healthy and active. Two week two or in week three, second year of his contract of some like fifty six million dollar contract, healthy and active, and he's yelling yeah. at Brandon Staley, asking him, "What do you want me to do?" 
I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like, I mean, when she yell at Brand Staley, he just has a really yellable face, man. He yeah, does. That's true. He does. He won out of spite. But look, you brought we brought up the Patriots and this whole system, and it's my last uh, thought before we get into Ricks versus Gricks, which is BBK. That's where I'm going to get your full Bears thoughts when we get to that game because we're picking a Bears game, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be great. But Mac Jones, Patriots quarterback. Very uh, – it's one of the rare times that you can say that a quarterback is a dirty player. But he got accused by Sauce Gardner of the Jets of basically punching him in the balls. That's what happened on the sideline. And he's like, Mac Jones, I, that's crazy. That's crazy. But we've heard of other things where he will slide, you know, he'll slide with his feet up knowing that the defensive players can't hit him. And he throws his leg up to either like kick them, knock them off their feet or knock them in the balls. So Sauce Gardner goes and finds film from God knows where <laughs> of showing Mac hitting him, nut tapping him lovingly but nut tapping him on the sideline. And so I ask you guys, because I've never seen it before, but has there ever been a dirty quarterback in the NFL? And if you're going to be a dirty quarterback, don't you have to be better than Mac Jones? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say back in the day, in my mind, I remember a lot of players like in Favre's early years, he would do shit that was not really, you know, I mean, now it, a lot of it might become more to light because you find out what kind of person he is after he's retired and stuff like that, you know, but I always thought that he was not just being a bears fan is just the talks on stuff like that. And afterwards the players being like that, he'll, you know, getting cheap shots and stuff like that. But now I wouldn't really call it a dirty. I mean, dirty is like, um, uh, who's that guy from the Titans or not for the Titans. Uh, the, the offensive lineman that would like kick people in the head and uh, uh, Richie incognito. Yeah. Well, That's no, incognito was one. But oh, there, Tyler Lewin. There's been a few of them where they're just like, or yeah, Tyler you Lewin. see them. They there's or the, someone's going to get up and they put their hand down and someone will just stop by and freaking you know, heal them in the hand with their spikes. And was it quarterbacks? Cort I think are a little more under a microscope, but wasn't it Cortland Finnegan who was the corner for the Titans, who was a little bit dirty, but then he got the shit beat out of him by Andre Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you love to see. Uh, Sue was a big one that I, well, I guess wasn't a quarterback, but. Namakin Sue was, but he was also like, he's a great player. But yeah, he would, he would sit there and they, the guys would tell him that he would go and like, you know, just they, they're down and he'll come and like yank on their face mask or you know, like, yeah, like punch him in the balls and dick. stuff like that. So that's the thing. When you think dirty players, you don't necessarily think quarterback. I think it might just be getting such a, a scope on it because it is Mac Jones and it is the Patriots. Like, who are you doing stuff like this kind of thing? But I mean, it, 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 it it's hard for NFL players to try to take the moral high ground on dirty play when you have like Vontez perfect destroying careers of people. And then, like you said, Ndamukong Sue, who's been, normally a, a dirty player he has a talent to back it up but he's always been kind of dirty st stomping on people's legs i mean you have bill romanowski one of the, the long time oh linebackers that's like, what i was trying to was think one of. yeah like like the defensive side of the ball has a lot more names to dirty play i think that's what makes this situation like i think it's just it overinflated because it is a quarterback and it's it's kind of like just swept under the rug when it comes to that position group. 
I would have thrown together a uh, last-minute top five dirtiest players, but I think you just won it with uh, citing Vontaze Perfect. <laughs> you cite you cite the linebacker that turned uh, Antonio Brown from a uh, you know quiet quiet guy on the Steelers to all of a sudden calling Mike Mayock a cracker. It's it's <laughs> that's that's pretty handy work. Look, the guy the guy I was trying to think of was Albert Hainsworth. Oh fuck him! That was the guy that would like just bring in the lineman that would just like stomp on people and you know. I I hate Albert Hainsworth. Anytime anytime he's brought up, I never fail to bring up the one play that I remember of him in Washington, which is where whoever the hell we were playing, it could have been any team. Play starts, he falls and hits the ground, and he never gets up. He just lays there and just watches the play. Just turns around on his fat ass and just watches the running back go down the line. I can't stand Albert Hainsworth. I think he has a rib shop somewhere in Tennessee. Also a Patriot. Look, we're going to transition here. We're going to get into the meat of this show, why we're all here. Of course, it is a Ricks versus Gricks show, a pumpkin spice edition. And BBK, it's your first time here. You are celebrity guest picker this week after uh, Emily Sissel last week, fellow Bears fan. And we will get your Bears thoughts and all your, you know, potential pain. But I'm tr- I'm trying to find optimism and salvation as we go into these Ricks versus Gricks for the NFL's Week Three. Emily Sissel, your heavenly voice, please take us away. Life, death, time, space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Ricks versus Gricks. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks. But Griffin is still somewhere lost in the background of space. Oh, hi, Taylor. Taylor's on my side now after you called her a six. Yeah, you got Kevin James over there shrugging. (laughs) Griffin lost in space, so we needed a new Grick. We have Scott Elia, and yeah, we were making fun of Scott. We were getting on him that he was going to lose the Grick status to uh, Luis before, and then Zoo, sleep-deprived Zoo, came in and started to steal the position away. But Scott's making a comeback, folks. Zoo is still number one in our picks. He is thirteen and five on the season. Scott, though, has come back. He's ten and eight. Me. And Luis, we're tied at nine and nine on our picks. Emily Sissel last week in the guest picker spot went three and three. We will see if BVK can unseat her and do a better record here. And we're going to start with the first game. And that is an easy one. And I like I like to explain because Zoo asked, how do I pick these games? And I think we'll go a little behind the scenes here. We pick the games because we try to find the most that will drive us crazy. I want to find games that are going to drive each of you crazy trying to pick. Like last week. Last week, we were all over the place trying to figure out a pick. We don't need anything, you know, typically unanimous. I want something like this first game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. The Steelers are 2-1-1, but almost a deceptive 2-1-1. And And the Texans are 1-2, but maybe a deceptive 1-2. The Texans are starting to look pretty good. C.J. Stroud, I think, is doing a hell of a lot better than most of us expected. And now we have the Steelers going to Houston. Scott, 
Who do you want in this game? Who do you expect to see take it? I think I learned my lesson from last week, just taking a lot of these Hail Mary games and picking a lot of people that probably shouldn't have been picked. So I'm going to try to be a little <laughs> bit more reserved this week so I don't get totally behind the eight ball. Uh, give me the Steelers on the road in Houston. Zoo, who do you want? Steelers, Texans. Yeah, I think the Texans are going to get out coached. I'm going to go with the Steelers. All right. BBK, who do you want? Texans. I don't trust Pickett. There we go. I don't trust Pickett. Somebody get in there. Oh, he doesn't even know about... We've had we've had Kenny Pickett on the show before, <laughs> but I can't find him right now. We'll get to him. We'll find him somewhere. I, I'm glad you took... I'm glad you took the Texans because I want it to be different if we were all going to go Steelers here. I am actually going to take the Steelers. Uh, I like the Texans. I don't trust Kenny Pickett. Hi, Kenny. I throw a pick in the end zone and I do illegal jokes. I have little baby hands and I call the football dukes. That was our Kenny Pickett on the show. Thank you, Kenny. But... Yeah, I just uh, this Steelers team. I don't see Mike Tom. I see Mike Tomlin planning for that Texans rookie receiver Tank Dell. He's a stud, but I think Tomlin will plan a little bit more for him. You'll see some usage from the other guys, but Tomlin's not gonna. He, he does really well against rookie head coaches. He does really well against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I I expect to see that streak continue. Give me. Didn't the I see something about Stroud though? For the first three games of his career, he's had the best three starts in like the history of football or something like that, as far as yards being like yards thrown, no interceptions, touchdowns. I mean, overall play. I mean, they're only one and two, but it's still just like pretty good start for a team that was really really bad last year too. So. Oh yeah, and have been like just shredded by everything over the last few years but you know between deshaun watson bill o'brien anything that could be done to damage that team yeah D'Amico ryan's and cj stroud have really turned it around and cj stroud is playing i think like he's very high up i know he's the highest on rookies but mm -hmm. definitely high up when it comes to uh quarterbacks under pressure and performance under pressure the dude just does not flinch he's almost joe burrow-esque when joe burrow came to the league that way CJ Stroud, he's, he's definitely going to be, at the moment, the best Ohio State quarterback that's going to be starting in the NFL <laughs> yeah, for right true. now. Speaking of that guy, our second game and our, uh, our view into BBK's true thoughts. We have the <laughs> Denver Broncos, who are 0-3, at the Chicago Bears, who are also a whopping 0-3, Denver is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in this game, even though they just came off of a historic 70-20 to loss to the Miami Dolphins. We thought the game that we were at, Zoo, was a rough one, watching the Washington Commanders lose 37 to a very uh, you know grateful three during that game. But 70-20 to is how the Broncos lost last week. The Bears lost 41-10, to I believe, to the Chiefs. So something's got to give. And those a, ten were like in garbage time, right? It was it was a whole lot of shellacking in those two games. <laughs> so somebody's getting shellacked in this one. Scott, we'll start with you. Who do you want, Broncos, Bears? And yes, you have to pick. I, I don't. I don't want to pick, but <laughs> I will. 
you can't have come back. You can't let somebody drop 70 on you and not have some kind of fire lit up under you at this point, especially with Sean Payton as your head coach. I'm going to go with the Broncos on the road. All right. Zoo. This one really should have been a Thursday night game because I feel like it's going to be that Bears-Commanders game from last year where it's like, is anyone doing anything? But for the sake of having to pick somebody, I'm going with the Broncos. <laughs> maybe it'll tie. Lame of the week, maybe, for this game, right, Scott? Uh, you don't know. BVK, before I uh, get your pick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tie. <laughs> no one's going <laughs> to win this game. <laughs> No one deserves to win. No, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pick the Broncos because of the coaching. The Bears not only put a have a shit team on the field, their coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing. Their defensive coordinator just resigns, got got quit, whatever, because of inappropriate actions. They got a, the Everflesh doesn't know how to coach offensive. I mean, he's a defensive guy. He doesn't. Uh, there's just it so lasts. much that's wrong about that team right now. And they've got some talent. They, they made some good drafts. They made some decent signings and trade. I mean, the trade to get more. I mean, he, they're making more look like a, a, a terrible player. And he is a top, you know, 15 wide receiver. When they got him, it's like, we got our number one. Don't matter if you got Justin Fields. I don't play, put a lot of blame on Fields. They, again, have he's running for his life half the time. They don't have. He put the blame uh, on the coaches. <laughs> yeah i mean he, last year when he was running for his life at least he was gaining a thousand yards but now they said we're going to give him some more designed runs why did you take that way in the first place no I, I i see the bears starting to make some progress at some point i don't i i can't fathom that they will stay on the path that they're on right now and not go a little bit back to that offense because that's what that's exactly where it is what you said they took away so much of what worked well last year for whatever reason trying to make him into a quarterback that he's very obviously not i'm rooting for him to succeed uh i like that rookie running back they got uh rashawn johnson mm -hmm. and i think he'll you know make a little bit of a difference once they can get something balanced going but for now uh, it's just i i can't I can't give them. He's a... basically Antoine Randall L right now. Right. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, it looked the look at the, they were showing the stat of the guys that the Ohio State quarterbacks and that how they've done well in the NFL. And when you see like up there is Trell Pryor, I'm like, he wasn't even a quarterback. You know, it's like Jesus Christ, how could a school that's so big like that just not produce quarterbacks at all that can play? You know, I, I completely and, forgot about Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Because he didn't, I mean, the same thing with Randall L. They didn't play quarterback in the NFL when it came here because, you know, they did the whole style. And they, I, I go back to that Thursday night game last year that the Bears had against the Patriots, where that showed, like, oh my God, this sparked hope in us. And then literally since then, they haven't done anything. So uh, maybe you get another number one draft pick. I got to isolate that sound. That just sounded, that's the sound of Bears fans this year. <sighs> well, Bears fans, I'm taking the Broncos too. <laughs> I, I I agree with I agree with Scott on this. You can't have 70 dropped on you and not fire back the next week, especially like with Peyton as your coach. I mean, that guy probably went there and just there was probably some physical altercations and beatdowns going on after that game. So, oh, and poor Garrett Bowles, the offensive tackle was just sitting in his locker after the game. They come up to him. They said, they've never seen a player look more depressed. And they just asked him, how are you feeling? 
He says, I've been here for seven years and all I've done is lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, and that's his thoughts. That's his thoughts on the game. Oh my gosh. Well, look, we move from there. We go to London. It's the first London game of the season. And it's a Toy Story game, apparently. On, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually I'm very curious to watch that one. They've piqued my interest with uh, animating this game in real time into Toy Story. Zoo is going to be one that we're going to definitely have to get thoughts on, you know, as our animation deliberation. I was about to say, is this my loophole to cover NFL on my show? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's your loophole for a crossover. To. This could be Scott. You could look. Yeah. You could get Scott on animation deliberation. Your co-host will love him. that game is the atlanta falcons who are two and one at the jacksonville jaguars who are one and two i don't know what's going on with the jaguars but it's been a it's it's something is off there however they are sort of at home and are a three-point favorite there in london so scott who are you taking uh yeah the the jaguars have seemingly played almost every london game i think ever i'm pretty sure they're like like four and five or five and four so like it's kind of split even um but if i have to pick between the two of them give me give me the jags give me the jags at home we can do that zoo who do you want it's another tough one i had very low expectations for the south on both ends uh, I think the Falcons may have like revealed themselves a little bit. So I'm going to go with the more well-rounded team and stick with the Jaguars. You just won't be a, you won't be a Falcons believer until Taylor Heineke's in there. I know. What, I know what this is. BBK, BBK who do you want? <laughs> um, the Falcons are not a two and one team. I mean, they, I mean, they got there in Jackson, Jacksonville's got too much talent. I got to pick Jacksonville. I mean, Ridley Lawrence, they got, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. And plus, like you said, it's a London game. So they're going to be playing there in three seasons or something anyway, aren't they? <laughs> so <laughs> They did just wonderfully threaten the city of Jacksonville. Yeah. about their uh, wanting remodel, like very high-end remodels or a brand-new stadium, telling the city of Jacksonville, if we move, who else is coming here? What else are you going to do? <laughs> and it's true. Jaguars. It's true. You can't, <laughs> you can't do anything. I am going to take London's team. I'm taking the Jaguars. I think they're just too talented to not figure this out at some point. I believe in Dougie P, too. And uh, the Falcons, they're, I still believe in them. I think they're a solid team and have a chance at that division if they you know, continue to hide Desmond Ritter. But for now, give me Trevor Lawrence. I trust him so much more. Next game we have, now we're getting into the real good games here. We have the Baltimore Ravens, Zoo's Baltimore Ravens, who are 2-1. and one Stop. At the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, the Predators, who are 2-1 and one as well coming off of a really big rebound performance from Deshaun Watson Cleveland is a three-point favorite at home Scott who are you taking I'm trying to decide if I want to say something that could be perceived as cancelable again but I'm not going to I'm going to take the high well, road this one let me go with well well okay go <laughs> ahead you're already you're already you've launched into the deep end might as well stay in there don't start to, don't try to float okay I'll say it I'm not going to go with the Predators but I'm going to go with the Xenomorph himself, Lamar Jackson. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Good little anglerfish. 
<laughs> Zoo, who do you want in this one? I really have no rhyme or reason for my pick, except for I'm just going to support that one commenter on TikToker that likes me. So I'm just going to go with the Ravens. Hey, <laughs> shout out to her. <laughs> BVK, who do you want in this game? I'm thinking it all depends on which Watson shows up because for a while there, it was looking like he was Jamarcus Russell and getting the money and not knowing what to do. But I, I'm going to go Cleveland. I am going to continue the split, and I am also going with the Cleveland Predators. I'm rolling with them for a second week. They did me right last week. Oh, oof. Ugh. But they- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, they did. Easy. <laughs> I think, Deshaun, that's the kind of performance you want to see from him if you're a Browns fan and you're you know going for that team. That's, the, that's what you want to see, that kind of rebound. And Just get me those Cooper fantasy points. Right. Jer- Jer- uh, Jerome Ford, who's the rookie running back who took uh, uh, Nick Chubb's place, did really, really well. He's still doing really well. Kareem Hunt is starting to get worked back into the mix. Um, I like that defense compared to the injuries that Baltimore has. I know Odell Beckham might play this week, but I still don't trust that. Um, and Cleveland's defense is just so good under Jim Schwartz. And they're going to target every, any any strength that Baltimore has, which is Lamar on the run or Mark Andrews in the middle. That's what he's going to go after. And they're really strong up the middle. So give me the Cleveland Browns. And is Beckham going to be a factor if he plays anyway? I mean, it's what he's at that point in his career where it's like, okay, put Antonio Brown out there. It's going to be the same person. I mean, he might do better. Yeah. He might do better with AB. Uh, Scott, we go to your Hi. team post Monday night. Uh, whatever happened there against Philly. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-1. and one. They are going up against a great rival for them, the New Orleans Saints, who are also 2-1. and one. Saints just lost Derek Carr for a little bit, shoulder sprain. So, your old boy, Jameis Winston, is taking the reins this week. <sighs> New Orleans is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Who are you going with? I was very conflicted because Jameis is getting the start, and I – he is he is a player that transcends every team. I will always support him in everything that he does. But for the Bucks, if you want to make a push at taking over that division, you have to do it now while Derek Carr is down. So we're going to go Bucks on the road. Zoo, who are you taking? Yeah, I typically root for the Saints defense, but if Derek Carr is out and those connections aren't there to start scoring points, uh, it's going to be... Mr. Baker Mayfield and somehow Evans getting those wild catches. I'm going with the Bucks. Baker's half dozen. BVK, who do you want? Yeah, when as soon as you said the thing I was going to say about Baker Mayfield, it's like how I for a while there it was like is he the next Johnny Manziel again? But he's going and he's showing that he's being able to play. But uh, yeah, I got to pick. I got to say Tampa. Just. They got more swagger, I think, going into this game right now. And Evans is on my fantasy team, so <laughs> that's a good that's a good route to go. <laughs> I would actually, and it's something I've thought about during the week, and partially why I'm taking the New Orleans Saints in this game. Uh, I love this rivalry. This is always a really fun game between the Bucks and the Saints, partially because of Mike Evans and 
where I would be afraid if I'm a fantasy owner for him of him possibly mm-hmm. either getting shut down or ejected from this. There's always a good fight. There's always a good back and forth between Mike Evans and uh, Saints corner Marshawn Lattimore. And yeah. Lattimore knows how to get in his head. He knows how to shut. He's having like an all-pro year, especially already this season. I like the Saints defense. I like Jameis to be a little fired up going up against his old team. So I'm looking for the Saints to try and capitalize on what just happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Take care of some uh, weaknesses. Give me the Saints. Final game. Game of the week here. We have another Florida team. Zoo, what are you laughing about? What's he over there dying for? <laughs> Jordan Love was scrambling out, and he tried doing like one of those cool like Patrick Mahomes flicks, but the receiver didn't even like turn around, and the ball was like five yards short. So it was just like this epic run to just flick it and just bounce, bounce, bounce. <laughs> That's a real Sam Howe play. <laughs> Shut oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Final game of the week. We have the Miami Dolphins, who are 3-0 and against the Buffalo Bills, who are 2-1. and A huge, huge division rivalry game, for whatever reason, at 1 o'clock. I don't know why it's still at 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock. You know who's playing the Sunday night game? The Chiefs and the Jets. That's the Sunday night game. Dolphins-Bills, though, AFC North, huge game, or AFC East, huge game. Bills are a two and a half point favorite at home. Dolphins are just coming off of, like we said earlier, dropping 70 points on the Denver Broncos last week. Tua Tagovailoa is talking about how he has never enjoyed or he hasn't enjoyed playing football this much since his time at Alabama. So, Scott, are you going to take a surging Bills team who really put on a show against Washington last week or a Dolphins team that is, you know, literally putting a show every week. 70 points. See, when I saw the rundown, and this is going to be that last game, this is the one I was kind of going back and forth about because I need to quell my expectations a little bit with the Dolphins because especially with that game, the really the two questions you need to ask are, are the Dolphins that good or the Broncos that bad? And I'm more inclined of just saying the Broncos are just that bad of a football team right now, especially with them only winning by two points in week one against the Chargers. They only won by a touchdown in New England. And then you look at the Bills. Yeah, they dropped that first game to the Jets, but there's a lot of like negative press against Josh Allen and Buffalo saying, is he slipping out of that elite quarterback status? And I think last week, traveling to Washington and putting on that kind of a show, I mean, thankfully, I mean, granted, it was more defensive heavy. I think Josh Allen knows that he needs to start playing like how he's been playing the past couple seasons. So I'm going to take Josh Allen okay. and the Buffalo Bills. Zoo, who are you taking in this game? Yeah, I think the Bills coaching staff is really going to have to scheme up their defense uh, so that Tua can chill out a little bit because Waddle's coming back this game too. So it's going to be a lot of weapons that they're going to have to contain. Um no disrespect to the fun fans that were sitting in front of us at last week's game, but there was a little bit of spite here, and I want the Dolphins to take it. <laughs> I will say Bills fans were really cool at that game, except for the one that slapped my ass. I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where she came from. I don't know what I, I I have a slappable ass, I guess. Just ran up on me after the game was over, yelled "Go Buffalo!" and then just slapped me right on my left cheek. It's a good hit too, direct. 
They know what they're doing. <laughs> BBK. Did you tell Emily to balance out the other one? I, she did. She held on to it. She would not let it go. She was no. making sure nobody would uh nobody would clap these cheeks. Oh god, not again. BBK, who do you want? I'm predicting how this game is gonna end. Tua is gonna take in a QB sneak as time expires. Touch push. They they win. Concussed. In the yes, in the <laughs> celebration, you know how the guys get over exuberant. They're gonna start the offensive lineman or someone's gonna start smacking him on the head. He's gonna get concussed. He's gonna be out for the season. They're gonna be four and zero, and they're gonna you know because he's he's at that point. He's just one hit away from being you know out because of his history. So I am gonna pick the Dolphins, and it, it's gonna win in that you know bittersweet way. And the rematch is what's gonna be on prime time. Yeah, exactly. They should have a week four flex. Just freaking put this on the, the Sunday night game. Well, I thought I mean, they had approved that because I, I kept seeing things about I kept seeing it after immediately after Aaron Rodgers, you know, lost his ACL and that all of a sudden, you know, the Jets have all these primetime games. And hey, don't forget this rule we just passed earlier in the season that we can start flexing at this earlier point in the season. So I don't know. Maybe maybe, we'll start maybe they want to keep Kelsey at prime time for all the Swifties. Although oh, most of them will probably go into bed by that time. She's going to so. be there. Ooh, Taylor. <laughs> oh, God. I am going to round this out and take the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take them. At, I, I think the Bills are going to give them a hell of a fight and that this will be, you know, they're they're damn good. They're better than I thought that they were going to be honestly and they're trying to take advantage of that window but Miami is just freaking great and I think they're swaggering they're confident they're very you're seeing it from Tua Tua is looking more and more confident every single week so I think they're going to capitalize on that and try to move forward and get a huge win against the Bills so give me the Miami Dolphins and a uh, another maybe maybe you lock down Tyreek Hill with Tredavious White but you got Jalen Waddle coming back now, and they did all this shit last week without Jalen Waddle and Devin Achain just coming in. Player of the week, two hundred yards, four touchdowns. It's insane. It's insane. The number one pickup in uh, fantasy football that people are all excited about, and he's not going to do like anything. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we say goodbye to Zoo as he heads off to animation deliberation again. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. A whole new world. <laughs> we send them out. Fabulous place. <laughs> there he goes, folks, riding off into the sunset on his magic carpet. Meanwhile, we have one last segment, one that we love every week. One I'm curious to hear how it went last week, which is that fabulous Motown music. There it is. Scott's Locks. AKA the Detroit Lions Memorial Betting Slip. BVK, we named these parlays last year the Calvin Ridley Memorial Betting Slip, where <laughs> we want to honor these players who are getting suspended for betting. Just betting, just simple bets, but they're making these massive ass parlays for to win, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. They'll never have a chance. And instead they get suspended and lose millions. I don't know. But we're not making millions right now, so we can go ahead and make these parlays. We're not getting suspended by anybody. So we put Scott to the test each week. He puts together a multi-layer uh, parlay betting slip where we're getting one game. He can get one game that he's confident in, one team that he's confident in to win a game. 
and then he can't use that team again. And you almost they almost got you last week, Scott. Didn't you they pick almost the Vikings? Got me. They almost got you on that one. But you pick one team and then you have to just pick a prop from every other game. Any other game from those Sunday slates. So what do you got for us this week, Scott, as I put you in solo mode and give you a little Taylor Swift uh, oh, approval behind God. You. She's gonna give me some bad juju now. Some some what's what's the song what's her song? The Bad Blood? I don't know. Bad blood. Yeah, that's what it is. But we're not going to talk about last week's bad blood because I only hit three of my props. I hit the over 0.5 passing touchdowns for Josh Dobbs. I hit the over 65 and a half receiving yards for Chris Olave with the Saints. And I hit over 51 and a half receiving yards for George Pickens and the Steelers. Everything else was a big old miss. On the contrary to the college parlay for the 323 wheel of degenerate parlay that we did betting slip last week, which I'll go over. In the next episode of College Shame Day, we will not tell you the results from that right now. But it's a new week, it's a new Scott, and I looked at this a little bit more thoroughly than last time. And we're gonna make a, a decent push at this. So, round. So, starting it off, the game of the week that I picked for this is that Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Saints game, where I'm gonna be taking the Buccaneers in a win. After that, fair. we're we're say it one more time. Fanfare. Fanfare, yes, where's the fanfare? And then I'm just going to start rattling these off with no rhyme or reason. Uh, over half a touchdown for Josh Dobbs again, going up against Niners. Uh, over a half of a touchdown for Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears against the Broncos. Yay. If two and the Dolphins can put up 78, Justin Fields can get one touchdown, right? I mean, he has to, right? Okay, I got yeah. hope yeah. so. Uh, one that bit me in the ass last week, but I'm going to roll it into this week. We're going to take over the half of a passing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans against the Bengals. Going across the pond to London, we're going to take the over 65 and a half rushing yards for Bijan Robinson against the Jags. Um, this one, I this seemed it seemed too easy to leave on the board. I'm going to go over three and a half rushing yards for Tua against the Bills. Did you hit that last time? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not hit it. <laughs> but I got my faith. I got my faith in Tua. I got my faith in, in brunch time Kirk Cousins himself. He's also going to hit the over three and a half rushing yards against the Panthers. It's a one o'clock game. He's going to be in, in peak form. Going, going to the West Coast, I'm going to take over eight and a half rushing yards for Justin Herbert against the against the Raiders. I think Brees Hall is very upset with, with what's going on in New York right now. I think they're start going to start relying a little heavier on the rushing game. I'm going to go over 47 and a half rushing yards for Brees Hall against the Chiefs. Over 49 and a half receiving yards for Mark Andrews in the Ravens against the Browns. We talked about him a little bit. He's catching a little bit of steam down there in Houston, but I'm going to take the over and 44 and a half receiving yards for Tank Dell against the Steelers. Another receiver that's kind of making a name for himself this early in the season. We're going to take the over 37 and a half receiving yards for Josh Downs of the Colts against the Rams. Uh, in a revenge game against the Cowboys, I'm going to take the over 27 and a half uh, rushing yards for Zeke, which leaves reads probably not so game of the week the commanders and the eagles i needed to think about what prop that i want to go with here what do i feel the most confident in and the person i feel the most confident in is sam howell but not in a good way i'm taking the over half of an interception against the eagles 
he's going to throw one against that defense. He has to. But that is everything. It's a $10 bet on a 14-pick parlay that will, and I'm speaking this into existence, it will pay out $33,517.23. We love that. We love that. BBK, would you make that bet with him? For 10 bucks? Sure. Yeah, there you go. That's our motto. What's the worst that happens? You don't eat yeah. McDonald's for a day. <laughs> Whatever. No, the only thing that sucks is when you do that. I remember in Vegas one time I had a, a 10 team parlay. No, it was an 18 parlay. And it was the last one that didn't hit. And that's when we were there. And I was like, son. That's, that's what happened with the, uh, the Wheel of Degenerate betting slip. <laughs> for for that college games, it was that last game that just didn't hit. Wasn't as bad for me as in that same. No, it was the next time I was in Vegas. Um, the Vikings were up by 20 points against the Lions. This is a Culpepper Moss type team. There's two minutes left in the fourth. They're up by 20. We're getting ready to leave, so I'm going down to the the book to cash my thing in. They score tucked in, and the line in the game was. I forgot what it was, it was, six and a half. So it was 20. So they're good. By the time I got down there, the Lions had um, got a long 70 yard touchdown, onside kick, and got another touchdown. And they, they ended up winning by six. And I'm literally <laughs> like, how the hell did it go from 20 beat. to six in like two minutes at the time it took me to get from my hotel room in the MGM Grand down to the sports book? And the guy's like, this isn't a winning ticket. I'm like, what the hell? Since so, when? Yeah. Since I made it was just 20. Like, no, they scored 14 in the last two minutes of the game. So yeah, those are always fun. Always fun. Always fun. Well, look, before we get out of here and our pumpkins are back, Kevin James is back. Taylor's always with Scott. Before we get out of here, we of course record these on Thursday nights just for behind the scenes. You get them on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, whenever you're trying to get it in before your weekly NFL games. Thursday night football is currently happening between two teams that BBK obviously loves, the Packers and the Lions. Froth from the NFC North. It's a big rivalry game. And Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, uh, star Lions wide receiver, scores a touchdown early in the game for Detroit, jumps into the crowd to hang out with them, and gets a full cup of beer poured on him by a Packers fan while there. Now... I ask you first, well, Scott's shrugging his shoulders. That's why I have to ask first. Is it fair? Is it fair for the Packers fan to do that when you, Absolutely. Do, when you do the Lambo leap there like that? Or Listen, not, <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> you, know. you, you have something in the Lambo leap that is so just integrated and integral to that fan base. It's like it, you should you, you shouldn't not have that expectation of a visiting team and that being a rival team in the Lions. If you're going to do that, you're going to, something's going to happen. BBK, Pretty what much. are your, what are your thoughts on fans lately in the, not just NFL. I mean, there's been an, there's been an incredible amount of fights this season in the stands of NFL games. And you're, you're seeing it weekly, different viral videos of people. I mean, shit, there was a, there was a video of a Bengals fan who head butted the shit out of another Bengals fan who I think was wearing a Tyler Eifert jersey, which was a crime in and of itself, but <laughs> he does that. And it's like all this different violence. You have people throwing water bottles at uh, musicians when they're performing at concerts. People have kind of lost their shit 
your thoughts on Hell, fan there was bases. a in the White Sox game there was a gunshot inside the stadium during the game so it was like <laughs> I think people are looking at the Phillies fans too much and taking the, the, their cues from their or Philadelphia fans so um tone it down let people enjoy the game um I have fun but just you know be respectable of other people I mean that's just my you know my model for everything have fun but just respect everyone around you if you can but yeah, it has gotten kind of, you know, I think it's that whole entitlement thing that's just across the board in sports now, players, fans, everything. So, speaking of Philly fans, throwing batteries at JD Drew, that's kind of tough. But yeah, we do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they do. That's our guy, John McCann from the show. Uh oh. Oh, shit. We love Taylor. It's Taylor's version of the show. Listen, it's been a fun show. BVK, Brian V. Klein, thank you for being here. Again, he is the host or one of the hosts, along with the wonderful Haley Hobbs, on the Source Pages podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks tell for us, having me. Of course. Tell us where we can find the show. Tell us, tell everybody a little bit about the show, because I think people would be, I think a lot of people would be really fascinated and love uh, what that show does. Well, what we do is we take mainly comics and novels and use them as primers or adaptations or continuations of our favorite geeky TV shows and movies and stuff like that. So we, you know, the Ahsoka shows on now. So we read the Ahsoka novel. We primed with recap, recapping like Rebels. We've got a thing coming up for Loki season two, where we basically just people that don't know the characters, especially with a lot of stuff recently, like Blue Beetle came out for DC and we read some comics just to get people a little bit more informed with what the character is about and what they can do and stuff like that. So, but yeah, we're over on the Stranded Panda Network. You can get us on all the socials. We're on every platform you could get downloads for podcast at and we release a new show usually every tuesday if we're not like busy but yeah we've pretty much put out a, a new show every week go find them they're the best stranded panda network we love them bbk would you there's a game that we play on this show the scott knows it very well the top five feud would you be a vote if we played a game of family feud of our network versus the stranded panda network would you join would you rep their team to take us on in a game of top five feud sure hell yes scott we're gonna make this happen yes they're never they're not even gonna be prepared for the madness that comes from top <laughs> five feud oh and speaking of scott elliott he is the host of the 323 college shame day you can check it out saturday morning we love the show we love the uh we love every bit of education you give us on it what do we see uh coming up this week scott uh the it looks like the mel tucker situation is now coming to an end there's a little bit more going on now um there's been new developments in the college football playoff going to the 12 team format that we'll touch up on a little bit there um the bearing of the hatchet between travis hunter and the player blackburn from colorado state that delivered that hit so good for them um, and then, yeah, just a, a same wheel of degenerate nonsense and whatever else I feel like. We're not going to have a TED Talk this week, though. Oh, but you got the shameful eight, right? 
we do have the shameful eight. We're going to be rolling that out for the very first time because I felt like it was a little bit redundant just to kind of rattle off what ESPN thinks is a top 25. So I'm going to say this is my top eight and you do with that information as you please. Fair enough. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to be a part of it again. I am Reed Murphy, your host at 323REID on all the social media platforms, patreon.com. If you want to support us, help us grow. And of course, subscribe to the 323 Network on YouTube if you're not watching us there. If you are, make sure you subscribe. Hit the button. It's easy. You don't have to hear from us too much. Meanwhile, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will talk to you very soon. Sunday Hangover will be coming this week. And we got some wild interviews coming. You'll hear more about that a little bit later. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. 